here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Hey, this is the king of the mountain, Jeff Jarrett, the president and founder of Global Force Wrestling. And you're listening to Shake Them Ropes. Robin McCarron. Why not bring Virgil back? He's in the game. Cross promotion. Bring him back. Jeff Hawkins. We have more stories for Virgil than we have half of our mid-card. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I don't know, Jeff. I don't know with your explanation how they can't bring him back at this point. This year is coming up, Virgil. He needs the money. Summer afternoon, to me, those have always been the two most beautiful words in the English language. Henry James. Your very first Ms. Money in the Bank is Carmella, with the help of James Ellsworth. You mad, bro? Baron Corbin is Mr. Money in the Bank. The powers that be skip Money in the Bank and say we'll handle things Tuesday, which they do. Aren't you glad you paid extra to go to a pay-per-view live, St. Louis? And we get to do it all again. So much for that great week for Carmella. On Raw, ratings are down, so let's push some big guys. Brock, Joe, Braun, Elias, the other Joe, and Cass. Was the breakup too soon? I think maybe, but for a specific reason. On NXT, I get Nikki Cross and Asuka. Who's a happy boy? Jeff's a happy boy. This is Shake Them Ropes, episode 216. Rob's not here, and since I tend to ramble and um and ah a bit on my own, joining me today help keep me in line, former guest of the show, host of WWE pay-per-view shows at AfterBuzz TV, Steve Kaufman. And Steve, as we go to air, breaking news, Mauro Ranallo back in the fold, but for the NXT brand. I'm excited about this because there's been talk. By the way, thank you for having me. Hello. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very excited to hear this because there's been a lot of talk about whether Man- or actually, there hasn't been much talk as of late of Morrow actually coming back. It seemed, it seemed like he has moved on, and I'm really happy that they get to keep him. Yeah, I was, I was almost certain that he was going to go to New Japan. And and help out with, with when they did their state. I mean, at least when his contract runs out after his stateside launch, that he'd uh, he'd be joining the new Japan brand. But this is uh, to me, this is a great thing because not only can he do NXT, but you know his wheelhouse are the network special type of deals, the more wrestling oriented type stuff versus sports entertainment, where he has to rely on catchphrases and things of that nature. And I think this story, and granted. We come from a place where we just read about it like everybody else, so we don't, we can't possibly know the whole story. But from our narrative, we've been hearing, in, in I think in the last like ten days, there's been a bit of a blow up between Triple H and Vince McMahon over how he treats the NXT, how he treats the NXT people when they come up. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting. I think it's very interesting and plays into this narrative that NXT is this kind of sandbox for people to come up and actually do do wrestling and wrestling promotion and storytelling as they see it and then the main roster is something else ah. and i think i think morrow's frustrations beyond all the jbl things we've been hearing are also are also that to be on smackdown and have to tell 
the, like it's very similar to like the Joey style shoot promo where it's like, I'm a sports entertainer storyteller instead of just like, no, just call a wrestling match. Maybe he reached a point where he just wanted to call a wrestling match. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and he's so good that they're letting him just call wrestling matches. You know, if they replace him with, I mean, if they replace Tom Phillips and Percy Watson, I think he and Nigel are going to make a great pair. Uh, Percy, I guess you can keep him around. I think they're going to. I mean, that's just... I think, I think Percy is going to get, I would love to see Percy Watson with Nigel and Morrow so that he can find some season. And I don't know. I, they, he's not necessary, but I think he's already there and he has been growing, at least on me, that I think it would be fun. Okay. It would be fun if they could keep him around. I'm a, I personally am a fan of a much bigger fan of a two person booth. Mm. But they they like their three person booth. But if that's what it takes to get Morrow on NXT every week, I'll I'll grow with Percy Percy Watson because he has got he has, he is getting better. He is learning. Yeah, just transitioning a bit because I think this works into kind of my thoughts a little bit on Money in the Bank, which happened Sunday. Uh, how did you feel about that uh, women's Money in the Bank ending? Because I, it, ran, it, it ran the gamut for a lot of people. I, I, I do shows over at, uh, over at Fightful, and I mm-hmm. did the post-pay-per-view show over there, and, and, and one, of, uh, one, one of the people over there, actually two of them, were just livid over that final. Um, how did you take it? Um, over at Afterbuzz TV, we were a little split. My, I, myself, and, and another were on the, on the feeling of, well, you know, you get the heat, though. I understand, like, it's the first Money in the Bank match and that a man had to retrieve the briefcase, and, like, that's a lot of heat, but I, I was on the side of, oh, you're getting that, you're giving Carmella all that heat. Like, like Wonder Woman-level Monday morning headline heat. And I liked that because then it would bring attention to SmackDown on Tuesday for hopefully casual or first-time viewers. Then we actually watched SmackDown, and then I was livid with that. Okay. More so than the actual finish of the match. You, you and I are kind of, kind of the same that way. I mean, I understand the historical, you know, people want this women's division to succeed. They really mm-hmm. do. And, and, they, and they want, they, for, for lack of a better term, they want what they saw on NXT for the most part. They want that division built by great in-ring action and building these people and, and trying to get away from basically working against WWE's own history with, you know, brawn panty matches and pudding mm-hmm. matches and, and things of that nature. Uh, to me, I think we worked ourselves into a bit of a shoot, those people. Uh, I, yes. I, in terms of we bought into the hype of the historicalness of the first women's money in the bank and, oh, we're finally going to be equal. And, we're fi- and what Vince McMahon did is he basically said to all the people who love to chant women's wrestling, no, this is women's sports entertainment. And to, to him, I've, I've always, I mean, my cynicism is well-known anyways. <laughs> Don't laugh that hard. Uh, but to him, the women's division and the Divas Revolution were pure branding and to help get his daughter in the media. And, and, and that this is just kind of part and parcel. He doesn't see the division as needing to be built to get that kind of athletic credibility of a great match per se. He, he I, sees it as he needs, he needs a foil for Charlotte, 
for the most part. Because that's yeah. what I think. That's why I think Carmella got the briefcase. I also think that similar to the, I think the overall narrative I I've been having this week about what I've been reading. And granted, it's based on what I've been reading. I don't. I've never worked there. I don't actually know. But from what I've been reading, I've also been reading a lot of insider stuff from a lot of former writers who've been saying Vince is all about the moment. Mm-hmm. Vince literally writes for the moment, not to build to that moment, but just for the moments. Well, so I wouldn't be shocked if, oh, and then James Ellsworth goes up there and grabs the briefcase and he throws it down to Carmella. And then everybody's just upset because a man grabbed the woman's briefcase, but a woman got it. And Monday morning, we'll all be talking. I understand. That. Oh, and then and what then- are we going to do with Carmella? We'll, we'll think of another moment. And I think we're I think a lot of people's frustration comes with the fact that not necessarily that he devalues women or women's wrestling as much as he devalues by himself. And I think he surrounds himself with a bunch of people who could be contrarian. Oh, I don't even think it's devaluing necessarily. I don't think it's that he devalues women's wrestling. I just think he values what he brings to the WWE brand and that this is just their version of storytelling kind of, I, you know, it's weird. I, Oh, I, you know what? I had a point here of, on what you were going to say. I I was just trying to, trying trying to get to it. No, I, uh, the, the Carmella thing. uh, Oh, it was about the moment. And my co-host for SmackDown post shows uh, at the, at the, in the other neighborhood, Anna Mm -hmm. Bauert, had a really strong point on why she was so angry. You're right. It is about, they book for moments, but when they do highlight packages of everything, of the, his, of the history of the women's division, and they get to that first money in the bank match for the women, that moment is going to be James Ellsworth. They don't get to look back and go, that's part of our legacy. Well, that's our legacy right there. Actually, to go against her point, the moment won't be James Ellsworth. The moment will be whatever happens next week. Well, okay, let's and, let's get to that then, because I think they have to do the same thing, or they have to do close to the same thing. Uh, I think they have to, because otherwise, none of the stuff they just did was worth anything to begin with. And the whole point of this was to establish Carmella as a top heel, I think. And if you don't do it, if you change your mind, either because of criticism or because this... I mean, this is a This Tuesday in Texas type of bait and switch mm-hmm. and i although if we really want to talk about history and what vince could and might do how do we not get jenna ellsworth at this point yeah you're thinking he comes down dressed in drag and then helps, helps that like out. they literally that they ban that they ban all men from ringside maybe they I forget the name of the woman, but there is a female referee down in NXT. Maybe they call her up for one night. Well, Ellsworth has been banned from ringside. That was that happened. Okay, they already did that. Yeah, but that they ban Ellsworth from ringside, but they go further and say men are banned. Men are banned from participation. Participation. The first woman to grab the briefcase, and they do a Santina Morella. I don't want that because that's a distraction from the eight women you have have on SmackDown Live. Yeah. Now, now, yeah, now as I didn't think the match was that bad overall, and I didn't mind the finish because I kind of knew what they're doing. Now, now for the good, I think Carmella has had a fantastic week on promos. That promo she cut on SmackDown had spite, 
It had continuity with her remembering she was the last draft pick on SmackDown. She had a list of grievances, and she was out <clears> there to air them, and she was out to rub everybody's face in the mud that ever doubted her. I thought that was fantastic, and I thought the real cherry on top was her appearance on Talking Smack this week. Because she came on, and Daniel Bryan browbeated her for, for finding a loophole, and she, she started to cry and say, haven't you ever wanted anything so bad? It was, it was, this was a, a star-making turn in many ways in the ways they do their promos and the way they build their characters. This was absolutely fantastic stuff from her. So I think they have to have her win somehow again on Tuesday. I agree. Well, I agree, too, that I think she should win and I think a, a, a heel doesn't have to win decisively and I my armchair booker and the reason I'm, I'm livid with this overall finish is that they took the briefcase from her yeah and I because, did, I because did, not I didn't only like, like I didn't like that at all really to be honest and like not only do you devalue the match that people paid money to see but you're now arguing about rules and trying to create this you're trying to create this narrative where it's like, well, Tyson Tomko interfered this one time and then Kane interfered this one time. And it, it reminded me of the Feast or Fired match in TNA uh. when like the, they were so bogged down on rules that the rules were like there's four briefcases, three are, ta- three are championships, one is a pink slip, and you have to climb the corner, grab the briefcase, and then both feet must touch the floor outside the ring. Like, I hate it when wrestling gets itself too bogged down in rules. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what they risked doing by having someone else touch that briefcase at all. Yeah. and the old- But she had great points that it's no disqualification. But I think Daniel Bryan should have just, I don't know, I was just frustrated. I was frustrated that, A, he said this is the first thing I'm going to handle, and it was the last thing he handled. <laughs> and then... But the opening segment was Carmella, and then we had a bunch of vignettes where everybody comes in and talks to him like that matters. Where it's, I, I really wish he had come out first. Okay, everybody in here, it's a no DQ match. I'm sorry. However, Carmella, I'm forcing you. Like, however, Carmella, I can't take the briefcase from you, but I will do these things. Yeah. No, and that that's what I thought should have been done. I, I think if you find a loophole, you can't really... You, you can't really do that to a heel. And also, I mean, here here comes my old school uh, in me. In, in, a, in Back in the day, so to speak, if they had run a pay-per-view where they killed the hometown hero and then every stipulation or every match really didn't matter, it was just to set up television for the next week or mm-hmm. for the next event, that town would be dead. I mean, they, that's what they did in, at Starcade. The NWA, Jim Crockett, did that when they, uh, they, they, they had the Road Warriors lose to Tully and Arn in their first big pay-per-view in Chicago. And that basically killed Chicago. So, I mean, if this were a different time and place, St. Louis for them would be a dead town, but because the brand is bigger than this. But, hey, their loss is San Diego's gain because we're, we're <laughs> getting this match again in San Diego. I... I've been looking into if I'm free Tuesday to go and see it because because now I get a pay-per-view match at a TV taping price in Southern California. That's true. Are you going to Raw? Um, not currently. OK, <laughs> probably not, but not currently. Yeah, I, I would. Um, and also for value, the last time I went 
to Monday Night Raw at the Staples Center was the last time it was there. Mm-hmm. Where I show up, I sit in my seat, they have two pre-show matches, and then The Rock shows up. Yeah. And then grabs a microphone and says, by the way, I'm shooting a movie. At the end of Raw, I'm going to shoot the movie in front of all of you. Uh, but it was just, it was one of those moments where I'm like, eh, for value, am I ever going to get that kind of value for a Raw? Yeah. Although Lesnar, Joe might be. That, that'll be a, that'll be on an on the day call for me. Right. I, well, I think they're go- well. I think they're just gonna have a pull apart or something. They're not gonna do a match in in Los Angeles. It's just gonna be- well, obviously not a match, but like, and I don't know. If if Lesnar was fighting at a Raw, they would obviously they would obviously sell some tickets. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. They were shooting the shooting shooting the movie. Uh. Since since Money in the Bank is kind of in the rearview mirror, I'm just gonna go over. I think a couple of, I mean, just a couple of matches. I, I liked, uh, I really, that, that tag team match between the Usos and the New Day, up until the blown spot at the end that Big E decided mm. to redo instead of just moving on and trying to find a way to improvise, that might be my favorite tag team match on the main roster this year. How do you feel about it? Um, Main roster, yes. Yeah. I, I, I didn't hear main roster, and I'm like, wait a minute. But no, main <laughs> roster, this was a great, this, this was a great match. I, it was kind of glossed over on my panel when we covered Money in the Bank just because there was so much to cover and we're a bit more about finishes over there. Right. And there was no finish to that match. They 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 yeah. like pretty much came up to the line of where a heel should just um opportunistically run away without looking weak. Like they didn't look the Usos didn't look weak by running away in that match. Well no, but but they I think they established look there's there are these tough talkers who will Take the easy way out if, if if things get too hot for them. I yeah, I enjoyed the the way they told that story. And um, and just uh and just to finish things off, the uh well actually we'll we'll do the world title match as well, but the uh the the men's money in the bank. Any thoughts on that? I really, really enjoyed the men's money in the bank. I enjoyed the um the built in hope spot of Shinsuke Nakamura. I enjoyed what I like to call the Oprah spot when Shinsuke Nakamura did come out and like, can you get a Kinshasa and you get a Kinshasa and you get a Kinshasa. I, I enjoyed the pacing and storytelling of that match. And if it was in my mind, if it wasn't going to be Nakamura, it should be Baron Corbin. Yeah. I, I, I liked that they didn't put Nakamura to do a lot of the latter spots and things. I think it protects him. I think it helps that, you know, with his age, he may not be able to do those types of bumps and also the, he just may not be able to i mean he's not used to doing ladder matches and the communication there might be an issue so i i just think it was a good idea all the way around to keep him out and it was a very creative way to do it and he still came back in so people didn't feel like oh man we don't get to see him in this uh but that said everything i just said about age kind of uh goes by the wayside when you think of that spot uh with aj styles hanging by the chain definitely i I had a vision when that happened of a hopefully existing future where someone like Cesaro, who can carry his own weight, that at some point he does a spot like that where he holds himself with one hand and then grabs the briefcase or the title belt with another hand. I just don't think the laws of physics can handle that. And also just the drop down is so, (laughs) I mean, that's, that's worse than Ultimate X, which AJ Styles, I think, also dropped from once or twice. Uh, a couple times, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that, and then uh, Jinder and uh, Randy Orton. Um, that match was as promised. I would prefer, I would have preferred they went to the gimmick 
this time this time around instead of what'll clearly be next time around. But get that Father's Day, get that heat. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was fine. And then, you know, the thing, it, the, the story's actually not that bad because it kind of gives, I mean, look, they, they want him to be Stone Cold Randy Orton. I, I get that. Uh, <laughs> but, I, but, well, what? it's difficult. That's difficult to do if he's, they want him to be Stone Cold, but they also want to fit him in a box. And the reason Stone Cold was Stone Cold is because he wouldn't. Well, yeah, but I mean, he, I mean, he just, would, wouldn't conform to the box. Well, just the attitude that the, he the the ass kicker who doesn't follow the rules. And then, you know, the the guy with the hit the finisher out of nowhere that they can just just pop the crowd that way. I mean, that that's I mean, he even did a Fez press on the attack on on the attack on the Singh brothers. So, um yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the match for, for what it is. And I liked the story of Randy losing his cool to the point where, you know, the, the schmoz WWE quote-unquote distraction finish where a guy just hits the finisher because the guy's not paying attention. It makes that look a little bit better, even though it is drastically overused by them. Yeah. Okay, so... uh no, that's quite all right. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yes, you are correct. Let's. Okay. We haven't we haven't jumped into raw yet. So let's well, jump on to. into raw. Yeah, go ahead. Oh well, then there you go. Oh. Yeah, I um, thought you were going to no, jump sorry. in. <laughs> you you were talking about how the ratings were down. This was the first week that raw the ratings are actually up. They averaged three point zero nine million viewers across the three hours. Yeah. Because it's the first time they haven't had to be up against a final of some type, whether it be NBA or NHL. Do you, now, do you think? I mean, look. I mean, it, it, the, the the that final game, I can see it, but also it, it's just this, this Joe Brock feud to me is heated, and that's what gets people interested. And I know the I know there there's a downside to the ratings being up after this week is that it means that that what the what they're doing they're going to do more of. And to me, Raw was kind of a panic move. Because all the big guys got pushed on this show. I mean, you had, I mean, Braun came back. You know, you 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 had the the cast heel turn. You had, you know, Big Show came out. Elias Sampson's a huge guy, and I would not be shocked if Elias Sampson goes over Finn once or twice during this feud to fifty fifty it, which will be, which will get get the uh, get the wrestling fan in, in that'll in the, that'll get them that'll get them keyboards. That'll get get them keyboards thumping. Yeah, that'll for make sure. it apoplectic. But I think I think other than the Brock Joe video package, which was absolutely awesome, I think the big story coming out of this is, of course, that uh, Cass and uh, Cass and Enzo are no more, and they did the uh, they did the Tommaso Ciampa Johnny Gargano uh, promo pretty much when when Tommaso got Johnny goes, yeah, I want I wanted to make sure you wouldn't move on, and they basically <laughs> did that it on the main roster. Uh, what did you think of of this angle? It feels too soon, mm. for starters. Okay. I it that well it feels too soon for starters. A I like that's a B. I also think for what Enzo and Cass have accomplished as as an attraction, but also as a tag team on pure accolades, they should have and minus the Hardy Boys, they probably would have been tag champs before this breakup happened. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, you don't, you I, don't, I don't see that. I, I think, and given how the Hardys seem to be a bit of an unsure audible on the, on WrestleMania weekend, I think they would have Enzo and Kaz, cause that would have been the perfect moment that they debuted in Dallas the night after WrestleMania 
and the following WrestleMania, they win the championships. I think that would have been the fitting end of their story. And then, I, just, I don't know, this breakup just feels too early. And it, I, I'll agree with you in this respect. I feel it was too early from a crass, cynical capitalism point of view. They are still merch movers. If you go mm. to a live event, kids and young men and their fathers love the Enzo and Cass merchandise. They love the hair. They love the certified G-shirts. They love the Cup of Hata shirts. It, it, it's still a money-making thing. Why would you ruin that? And especially because this is a type of tag team where you may not be able to get that magic back if you reconnect them later on down the road. Now, now it's obvious to me that, that something happened when, when, when Enzo ended up knocking himself out on on the bottom rope in that match versus the Vaude villains and Cass they they gave him that those couple weeks of singles it was obvious that that's you know, what they what, saw came they, as that's they, what they they were gonna they they saw something in Cass that they wanted to try out I, I think bringing him back also at the same time where you're debuting big guys and you're bringing back big guys. He, it, this is one of those things where they're going to throw a bunch of big guys out there and see who gets taken to other than, you know, Braun and Joe and company and see if they can actually do something with one of these guys. And I don't like Cass's chances in such a crowded field. That's, yeah. And that's why I feel this is too early. Right. Cass is still trying to get his feet, you know, wet, being on his own in a promo sense. And also... You know, because he always had Enzo to play off of there, and he had the and he had the you know you you had the catchphrases, and that's an easy easy crutch. Now, what mm-hmm. do you do when you don't have the catchphrases? And also, just his in ring work, it, it's improved um, quite well since since beginning in NXT. I just don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where if they take their time with him, then all the heat will wear off and. Beating Enzo, which I'm fairly certain they're going to do, and beating the Big Show, which I think will probably be next, mm. it, it gives them it gives them some time, but it doesn't give them much time because people are going to kind of tune out to these mid card fifty fifty type feuds. I think. Yeah, and especially on a brand where the world champion isn't going to show up every week, the mid card match, the mid card feuds should have more elevation, and they're. And this isn't the first time they've had Brock Lesnar as champion. They've always struggled with how how to make the Intercontinental Championship title, like how to make the IC number one contendership mean something, how to make our truth gold dust mean something. And I think I personally felt, especially in Brooklyn, that an Enzo verse cast could have been held off until SummerSlam. Okay, and maybe and maybe that's where they're still headed. But I think they see Kaz as moving on, and I also think there's a certain certain short-sightedness in the breakup. That the breakup is for Kaz. They, I don't think they necessarily know what they're going to do with Enzo. I don't think they necessarily care, and and that's not nothing. You know, I mean, that's another thing about. I mean, going back to our women's money in the bank thing, they're they're viewing the guys that they can build as stars, and they'll find some. I mean, Enzo has a mouth. Of, they could put mm. him on 205, and I could see them going, well, he has this star power, but he is a small guy, and 205 really needs some personality in it, so let's put him over there. I mean, that's their kind of thinking. So, I mean, I could see that happening very, very easy. And, and another thing I was going to bring up, because you brought it up before we started recording, they've now broken up R-Truth and Goldust and Enzo and Cass. 
there's not a lot of depth in this tag team division over at Raw anymore. And for a main roster that didn't have a whole lot of for a main roster that during the brand like during the initial dra- the initial brand split and then the shakeup like the main roster never had an incredible amount of depth at the tag team division. So that it's it's because it's Sheamus and Cesaro and then I have to I literally have to go to their website to double check. I think it's Sheamus and Cesaro the Hardys uh the the club uh Enzo or uh, Anderson and Gallows and then uh the Revival. And I think that's it. The revivals on SmackDown, right? No, the Re- no, the revivals on Raw. They were on Raw this last week. Oh no, sorry. I, <laughs> that was a brain fart. That, no, it's quite all right because you you expected them. I mean, I, because it, the, because Raw's not using their. Well, they just came back. They were off TV for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I can understand. They, you know, I, I forgot that Kurt Hawkins was on Raw last week. So it, it's one of those me, things. Me too. <laughs> yeah. It, it's one of those things where you go, man, I mean, and, and the revival was tied so long with American alpha who finally made a bit of a comeback this week on SmackDown with the, uh, with, with that great, I thought that, that, uh, that Gable versus, um, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens match was fantastic. And it was kind of like that old, uh, the thing I compared it to was in the NWA back in the day, the old Tim Horner versus Horseman matches where you knew Gable wasn't going to win, but, man, it made, made that babyface look look like magic out there. I can't, can't help but to agree with you on that. I also, since we're talking about the tag team divisions in general, I will bring up that SmackDown Live, however, has the Usos, the New Day, the Hype Bros, American Alpha, the Colognes, Ascensions, Breezango, and if they ever want to get the Sings involved... That's eight different tag teams. That's mm-hmm. 16 plus New Day's three, 17 people on SmackDown Live for a tag team division. Like, that's the stronger tag team division. Well, they have an out because of this whole John Cena thing. They can make other guys' contracts run out and make the management non-player characters look stupid on SmackDown, which they, <laughs> they, they, they have no problem doing when, when it suits the needs of we need we need bigger stars let's let's just move over guys and say it was a free agent signing um, as, as as if people aren't paying attention to 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 management at all every management authority figure on wwe always is made to look stupid except if their last name is well i can't even say that because shane's a mcmahon so <laughs> oh. actually that's nine tag teams because i forgot the revival on this list no, the revival's not on SmackDown. Oh, then never mind. I <laughs> re-forgot where, where the revival was. <laughs> there are people yelling at their phones right now. No, I don't. <laughs> I, cor- I correct myself very quickly. Oh, no, that's quite all right. Um, anything else on uh, SmackDown you want to hit on? Um, uh, this was the first time the television viewing audience got to see Ziggler Nakamura on a SmackDown Live. You and I got to see it in Orlando. Yeah, as a as a dark match that wasn't clearly a dark match. Well, to no, no, anyone no, 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 because Zig- no, because Ziggler uh, Ziggler Nakamura had had the pay per view match at back. Well, I'm saying on on oh, SmackDown Live, on SmackDown Live, yeah. The free the free air quotes TV right. match, right? But I in, I enjoy when these two go at it, but I hope that they have I hope they have something bigger for Nakamura, and I think that's. Also, why he was my hope, not necessarily my pick to be Money in the Bank. Yeah, I, I thought this this match was solid. I think it was more solid than maybe the audience gave it credit for. But I understand why the audience get get up for it because it was a very safe 
almost a studio style main event match from from back in the day where they're not going to do too much, but they're doing enough that it makes it feel like a main event. Mm. I thought Nakamura's selling here was the best job he's done since he got signed by the WWE. And again, and against a guy who's known for his selling. Yeah, and, and which I, is nice. Yeah, it was it was a solid kind of punch kick grinding type of main event style match, which, you know, for today's wrestling audience, they're not used to when they're used to seeing spot, 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 you know, signature spot, signature spot, finisher type of thing. Um, no, I like, oh, I, I have something that we forgot to go on for both Money in the Bank and uh, SmackDown. The debut. Oh, yes. Of Maria Kanellis and Mike, don't call me Bennett, Kanellis. <laughs> Maria and Mike Kanellis debuted on Money in the Bank and didn't appear on television the following the following taping. Yeah, they appeared for the live crowd. I just I don't. The, the, <laughs> my joke was they gave him a cuck gimmick. Um, <laughs> I, I I just I, this is the type of gimmick that makes Vince laugh in the back. But it also makes him not respect you in the back. And I think Mike Bennett is fine in terms of he's been wrestling this WWE style for years. And Mike Bennett, as I always bring up when I have to bring up Mike Bennett, has me blocked for some reason on Twitter. I don't know Ooh. why. I've never really gone after Mike. I think someone Ooh. I think someone tagged me in a comment to him, and then he just blocked everybody. Uh, but I think this is a move where they really wanted Maria because she's hot. And I think this is the type of gimmick that will have the law of diminishing returns for Mike because he'll see it as not being manly. What 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 are your uh, let's just, talk just about on, how just on your, let's talk your, about yes. how this will work? Okay, or how this can work? Okay, I could see to start her being his Maurice. Yes, well that's why. So that, well that's why Maurice is no Maurice was written off of Raw. For that reason, mm. and 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 maybe we'll go into Bo and Axel, but I don't think we need to. But that's why Maurice is no longer with the Miz because they don't want that dynamic on both shows. Wow, yeah. Although Sunday night, I thought that they were building up to some big money, to some big money between those two. But then it would just be then Miz would win because he's the more established guy. But the way this can go right. Is if Maria is his is his Maurice, a lot of a lot of M's going on, <laughs> and and once he gets established as a top level mid card guy, she then starts to get into this fray of a women's division because she can also wrestle, and a lot of people have been telling me since Sunday where I was like, Maria can wrestle, and people have been telling me no, she can't, and I'm like, not in the WWE the last time you saw her, but she has wrestled. Do you think they do that? I mean, do you, do you think that they have her in the women's division or that they're just going to use her as a mouthpiece for Bennett and just to be a quote unquote personality? Because for me, the concern is they may put Lana and Rusev back sooner than later, depending on how Lana does in the ring. Now, Maria can get in the ring and go to a point, but can she go to a point of say, Charlotte and Becky and Natty and not so much on the lower end of the spectrum. Um, I think she would be a welcome bridge actually in a division that okay. is Charlotte, Becky and Natty up top and then Lana at the bottom. Cause we were expecting a lot more of these women. I think with the rumors uh, around WrestleMania that they had possibly resigned Kelly Kelly 
and they they had contacted Eve Torres to come back. Mm. Um, so so that was I mean yeah it looks like they I mean look I. I think they should combine the tag team and women's divisions and put them both on one show. I always have, because that would give it depth. And then you could have that Money in the Bank style match with six top competitors and pop that crowd and get chance of this is awesome, you know, throughout. Uh, but I think what? that ship has sailed. The second yeah. you introduce, the second, the second you make the literal hardware to have people carry around, the ship sailed. Really? I was a huge, I was a huge proponent of them not having two champions. I'm okay. close to eating those words because that seems to work. With, right. But that only works if Brock Lesnar's one of the champions. That <laughs> <laughs> you have one world champion who shows up every week and then one who shows up to promote his quarterly matches. Yeah. Um I I you know, I I, I didn't really think that hard about Maria being an in ring performer except here and there, because I think that they're trying to get over Lana doing kind of the same act. And I don't think they want to confuse things necessarily, but maybe just put them both in the division, see who gets further, and then stick the other one back with her man more mm. often than not. Um, True. And I'm, I'm saying we're going to have to, I would assume we would wait two big show, like two pay-per-view shows yeah. on Maria where she's just in the corner of Mike. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if they only ever saw the value in Maria to begin with. Well, no, I, I agree with that. I, I kind of think Mike Bennett – look, Mike has a high floor. Let's put it that way. I mean, and I'm taking that from my fellow Voices of Wrestling commentators, and I agree with him because he knows this type of style. Um, it just depends on whether or not they see him above a – because I, I could see him just being the the new Kurt Hawkins and – you know, being there to make Ty Dillinger look good and, you know, maybe, you know, some of those lower tier guys and he's kind of the gatekeeper. But I could also very well see them when when they get tired of making the U.S. title really the main event title of SmackDown. He's that kind of that that upper mid card guy who has enough asshole charisma, so to speak, to to make the mid card belt. I mean, he'd be their Miz. And I think yeah. I think your I think your 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 assessment is entirely correct on that. I I also think they'd be letting a lot of creativity die on the vine if they just only value Maria as a talking piece, as like a mouthpiece for Mike. But they've they've let a lot die on the vine. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if that's all they saw her as. I'll do one fantasy booking thing because I have your notes in front of me. That that Shelton Benjamin coming back. Mm. I I am dying, and I don't know if I've ever told you this when we talked or, or occasionally chat on Twitter. I am absolutely dying for a heel-style, gym-class bully American Alpha team of Shelton Benjamin and Dolph Ziggler to take on American Alpha. Please. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> like... I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting with... Uh, with 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 Shelton because he is a bit up there in age, but man, he still looks good. And when he was in Suzuki Goon before coming back to sign and then getting the surgery, mm-hmm. I mean, he was still having really really solid matches. I just they they just don't like having old people on TV. But I, I hope that this is true because I think I think they need guys like this because they don't do squash matches. And they need guys that, for lack of a better term, can have great matches that they can beat. That doesn't matter if they necessarily get beat because the fans won't 
get their hopes up, but you'll have those occasional spots where people mm. pop for Shelton. Shelton Benjamin reminds me a lot of Rob Van Dam in the sense that it's the same kind of thing that they can come through the main, like they can just kind of serve a stint on the main roster, not actually accomplish anything other than get other people over and then, and also get people excited that they're there. Yeah. And I, I think Shelton's Shelton's uh, athleticism is far better than Because my problem with Rob oh, Van yeah. Dam, my problem with Rob Van Dam is kind of the problem I have with Chris Jericho. Um, when he makes his comebacks, at least doing face uh, Chris Jericho is that you're kind of watching a, a Rob Van Dam tribute act going in <laughs> slow motion rather than seeing him at his head at his athletic peak. And you're just kind of like, Oh yeah, there's the senton. It's a little slower than it used to be, but the people <laughs> still recognize it. It's one of those things where it's like, where you're going to see your favorite band and they're playing their hits from 30 years ago. And you know, the guys can't quite hit the high notes like they used to, but it's still, you're watching your favorite band. So there's kind of that comfort in it. There's yeah. The nostalgia act, if you will. Yeah, you could you could say that about this current incarnation of the Hardy Boys as well. Yeah, very much. I mean, but that's that's also because of the whole. And, yeah, uh, it, I think with them, it's, and I don't think that's coming. I, I've I don't I've changed I've changed either. my tune on that. Rob was steadfast. That's never coming to WWE. I said no. I'm going to be the optimist here, and I feel like such a sucker. Rob, you were correct. Make that um, a dro- make that a drop, Rob. There you go. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying Rob had inside information, but I do think I do think if it were easier for the WWE to get access to those characters, they would be working towards a reality where they have them. I don't know because Rob's Rob's negativity towards it, I think, was solid, and my argument was yours. My argument was it's a property they can use to help do these types of vignettes and these movies that they've always kind of wanted to do. His mm. thing is. They didn't build it. They're not going to want it. And the Hardys are going to want it when they leave. And the WWE isn't going to want to have to build something to give it away. So I think, I think he's right on this. I think they did bring them in for the nostalgia pops, so to speak. Um, I also, I will argue that given the uncertainty we now know about the Hardy boys and Anthem that I, I feel like in the contract talks with, with WWE, they said, well, what we want are the Hardy Boys the, that we built. But well, we will gladly work to try and get the characters that you built, because those are also popular and we can use them. Okay. And then I think we've learned that that's not worth the trouble. See, I, I, and me, I'm, I'm thinking it was just a one-sided negotiation, because WWE is not going to pay a cent for this thing. Because oh, they, yeah. don't, they don't need it. It, 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 it would be a Michael Corleone situation where they look and go, here's my offer. Nothing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, it, would be, it would be one of those things. And then if, mm-hmm. they some, if, if the Hardys somehow got it clear, then maybe they would look into doing something similar but different, so to speak, so that they're not tied down with the same issues when the Hardys leave this time. That said, I'm not a huge fan of the Hardys we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. Okay. No, neither am there, I. Cause there, there's not, I, I'm also one of those people who never understood why everyone liked Batista. Like I'm that kind of wrestling. Like when Batista was like top of the world face, like I still, I would see a kid holding a Batista sign and I'd be like, I genuinely don't understand your motive. Oh no. The, the time I turned when, when I turned on Batista was when he was in the, I give no craps mode where he's wearing the pink polo shirts 
and he and he's telling and he has that feud with John Cena where he says, "You go around kissing babies and hugging fat girls." I I thought that, that <laughs> promo is one of my favorite promos ever. Uh, quickly to NXT, um, I am so in love with this Nikki Cross Oscar feud. This is the one on one match I have wanted for a long, long time. I loved that entire angle to set up the match. I I, I really think it gave both of them that kind of we-hate-each-other credibility that I think a really good feud needs. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, or should I go to something else? Um, no, that pretty much sums it up. I'm really looking forward to I believe it'll be in two weeks at NXT 400, which... I'm not going to lie, they said NXT 400, and I immediately looked at a calendar and started counting. Well, they just announced shows in our area again. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Tickets go on sale tomorrow? Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about it, but but it's downtown this time as opposed to the Palladium. And I liked what they did with the Palladium, but I understand why they're not going to be there. Um, But as for this, I don't mind not having, you know, the Australians in the way who I love. And, And Ruby Riot, who I think is still new enough where you don't, neater in this feud i think i think this one is one of those ones where nikki cross has earned her way into the feud she's at that level where it's a great one-on-one feud but you know that they're probably not going to pull the trigger on nikki cross beating being the one to beat oscar because they still have ember moon back but it's Mm. a tough enough opponent where now it's like okay the divisions are cleared out and it's just these two let's see ember moon and, and oscar again or let's see, see them now one-on-one and see what they can do. And that will probably be the time to pull the trigger on Ember Moon as champ, because I still think they're giving the belt to her. I I agree they should give the belt to Ember Moon. And it's been said, you can't have a conversation about Asuka at this point and not talk about if they'll ever call her up. Right. Like, it's it's an impossibility at this point. And one of the things I think they could do is... Have her have her defeat Nikki Cross, and then yeah. never get never get to touch Ember Moon. Perhaps she comes. Perhaps there's such a schmaz for weeks about this Money in the Bank nonsense, and she just shows up, hands her title to Shane or Daniel Bryan, and points to the briefcase. I you know I don't know, but now that now that the Stardom girls are appear to be on their way. I think they're going to hold off Oscar going up to the main roster because I think they're going to I think they're going to put her in the feud with her. I I just think Oscar's language barrier now that Nakamura's up there. I don't think they want I don't think they want double that. Um, I, I I she's a great wrestler, but as I like to say, wrestling is number four or five on the list of things that they <laughs> look for in, in a person. Um, did you watch this week's NXT? Oh, I absolutely watched this week's NXT. That that uh, that uh, I almost called him Tommy End. That <laughs> that, that Alistair Black uh, and I almost called him Chris Cassius Hero. Ono, Cassius yeah. Ono match. Whew, that that hit me in my sweet spot with with uh, kicking and slapping and whew, that 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 I, man. I want that to be. I want them to I rebuild thought, to that. I thought I was in a National Guard armory very briefly. <laughs> I thought I like. Where I've seen a lot of the people we now see on television, like the Pennsylvania National Guard Armory on Route One in Pennsylvania, where I'm from, like that's where I've like that's a match that, I've seen. That's a match I've seen in Reseda. So I mean, like similar, yeah, like similar yeah, that, indie wrestling style. And, and but if, these two can go. Yeah, and if you know, if they decide, you know, Alistair Black, because I I think they they love that dude. If they if they decide they need to put him in a tag team. 
give me that reuniting right there of here of, of Ono and, and Black and let the and give me a big mean guy match against the authors of pain. Oh, 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 oh please, because because look, this heavy machinery thing's gonna be okay because it's gonna just be big guys throwing around each other for a while. But but this this other one, I mean, you put the AOP against uh, Heroes Never Die. I am I am down with that. That is a hose me type of <laughs> match. You you just you're not gonna be able to call me for three days because I'm just gonna be like sweating like I am in my sweat box of a place now because I have to rewire a thermostat after this and we turn off. Both both Steve and I are in the San Fernando Valley, and uh, it is. It is in the 90s right now, and we turn our air conditioning off to record this, so we are both probably sweating at the mic. So I will, uh, I will go with this then to kind of uh, wrap us up. The the women's tournament has announced some uh, participants. Do you have the uh, users, the uh, people who have been announced in front of you by chance? I do have a, I do have the list of these women. And I've also followed as many of them as are on Twitter because. A, I'm all about this tournament, and B, I'll actually, because my parents have retired to Florida, I go there a lot, and I'll actually be in attendance at this tournament. Nice. Now, now before we get into the announced names, what are you thinking vis-a-vis the Cruiserweight Classic on how they set up this tournament? Because, again, <laughs> people get ahead of, the theme of this show this week is people getting ahead of themselves, fantasy booking things that they want this company to be versus the reality. I mean, because they wanted, they were thinking of the 32 best independent female wrestlers, and they're not going to get that. Um, I mean, that wouldn't be... That wouldn't be the smartest thing to do. No. But I think... It, I think we're going to get 20, maybe 22 independent females. Right. And then probably... 10 or 12 of NXT like either either current NXT women or I just can't see you putting someone like Alexa Bliss. No, 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 no. You're getting no main roster people. I thought it might be a good idea to put a main roster person in there. Like like you could always rebuild Bailey with this tournament, but I think that's a bad idea. Um see, I I view this Again, I got ahead of myself because I thought for sure they were going to see Star Power and Zack Sabre Jr. And they they didn't. And he didn't sign. And neither did Kota Ibushi. So I think it's well, going to be a very similar... The Star type. Power you and I see is different from the Star Power well, they see. Well, no, 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 no. That's what, that's what I meant. And also, look, I, 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 I said this after... The, Jack Gallagher is the Zack Sabre Jr. that the WWE wanted. That's what mm-hmm. they wanted. Uh, they wanted a guy who could grapple... And have that kind of cheeky personality that, that they could... And, and Zach has that, but it didn't... I mean, he kind of... I mean, his matches were great, but his, person, his personality underwhelmed a little bit, I thought, on the tournament. I, I just see them... They're going to find eight people that eight people that they really, really like, four of which they, they are really going to push in it. They're going to find eight people that have some moderate name value in there that they can beat or they can tell a story with. The... Like Serena Deeb can kind of be the Kendrick of this tournament. And then they're going to have 16 people, 15 of whom you can beat easily in the first round, who probably aren't very good or are of name value that they just don't see anything in. And then one person that is going to be the upset in the first round, like they did the Gargano Ciampa first round match. What do you think? Um, That breakdown seems about right. Who we know for sure. I think it's nine names plus Serena Deeb is not 
official, but I that she's feels rumored. pretty official. She, she's she feels, rumored. She feels pretty official. Uh, Tony Storm, Francesca Schuchat, Sarah Logan, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans, who I've seen at multiple live shows. Yeah. Also, she's on TV now. Lacey Evans is the truth. Okay. Um, Serena Deeb is rumored. Tessa Blanchard, Abby Lath, who, whose name just changed yesterday from Kimberly. Tainara Conti, Jazzy Gabert, and Kavita Devi. Kavita Devi is a great Kali protege. Right. And uh, Jazzy Gabbert is a German wrestler, and I'm forgetting her name. Oh, Alpha Female. That's yes. what she's meant. Alpha Female. Um, yeah. Uh, she'll be a character in there. She'll be someone they put in, someone small and quick against. Uh, Tessa, I don't know. I, look, I love the Blanchard family. Everybody knows Tully is my favorite wrestler of all time. <laughs> I would love for them to sign Tessa now that Rachel Ellering is headed to Lucha Underground. But she was there doing prelim matches. They may just see her as kind of a prelim person who needs more seasoning or just not model hot enough to be pushed, although she is gorgeous. Um, I really think, because Rob, of course, got on me, because I picked Zack Sabre Jr. originally when they had this tournament because I thought it was going to be built around him. And in hindsight, T.J. Perkins was the perfect kind of choice for it. Now, they didn't follow up on it great. But T.J. Perkins was the perfect kind of WWE choice to win this tournament. I think if she signs, I think Tony Storm, who I, I got to see Tony Storm, I got to see Tessa at uh, Shimmer and Tony in progress this this uh, this year at WrestleMania, and Tony Storm is has the things that WWE looks for in a star that they want to push, and she's blonde, which helps <laughs> quite a lot. I mean, I think Candice LeRae will eventually get it, find her way in here. Um, but no, they they were very, quite good. I, yeah, and they're going to have, you know, your kind of your mid-level, uh, you know, your Dario, Daria or whatever she's got, calling herself Sonya. now. Sonya. She's Sonya something now. Yeah, and uh, the, the former Lacey Estrella, or Macy Estrella. Yeah, I, what's mm-hmm. her name now? Evans? I think she's good. I think her gimmick is terrible, though. I, I think her gimmick is death. That 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 kind of that uh, Miss Manners nineteen forties USO throwback type thing. I think they should just make her a marine and have her kill fools. Because that's what I, she was. I mean, she was, or she was army. She was she was MP. I think. I think she was military police. She was, and I believe she's a mother already. Like a married married with a kid. Like her mm. story is incredible. I I yes. was fortunate to have I was fortunate to have seen her in house show matches before she made it to TV. So I saw it from wow she's really good in the ring who is this person and then read up all about how she's like a legit badass yeah and i'm like i'm excited to see her in this tournament um who do we think of the women on the official nxt roster would be in this tournament i think sonia deville for sure i think probably probably mandy rose yes i think definitely mandy rose I think there's a chance you get a lot i think you get some surprises i think you may get the a member of the iconic duo in here uh, in some way, and they may put over someone who they see as a star. Um, I think to, to maybe just to beat her first round, they could put Aaliyah in here. Yeah. Because, they're, I mean, the people that they're rumoring to be in this tournament are people who <laughs> have been at the Performance Center for like two months, but they have like an international background, so they want that. So you may, uh, I mean, you may get some uh, some duds in this first round or some people who are just starting out and haven't quite found their leg rings yet or, or their personality um, just for the sake of having a <laughs> kind of a ho-ho lun from the CWC. Yeah, I 
I hope it's not. I hope mm-hmm. that it's less that and more. Although 32 women, you're probably going to have a bit of that. I'm just I'm just having a look on, on, on good old you, good old who, Wikipedia on who you project to be in this tournament and who has signed so far. Rampant make a make a stupid speculative guess as to who you think takes this tournament. Um but you already said Tony Storm. I think Tony Storms are really good. Okay. You can agree Tony. with me. There is nothing wrong with agreeing with, with the person to whom invited you into his house and cleaned up, the pla- cleaned up the place so it would look nice so Steve could come in and feel comfortable and shake them ropes. Uh, <laughs> I, I also have a – while we're recklessly speculating, I would love for them to put Lana in the first round oh, and, see, maybe, and maybe have her do a, a first-round shocker. No, I see. I I thought about that while she was kind of, re- but this would have been before she got brought up. I think if they if they had kept her down there training, then that would have been a great idea. Give her a one round match where she upsets someone, then bring her up to the main roster to then feud with Naomi. But now that she's on, they're not going to put main roster people down there because they're going to see it. You know, although they might for viewers, they might. But I just I just don't see it necessarily. Steve, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That's K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I also do a vlog where I've decided I won't be drinking for the entire age of 31. That's June 1st to June 1st. And that's oh. the sober year. It's the sober year.com. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Yes. Oh, thank you. Um, any improv shows coming up? I'll let you plug them on the show just because. Oh. <laughs> yes, I am on the uh, show that should not be named your Harry Potter themed improv group. We do the third Thursday of the month at the pack theater in Hollywood, in Hollywood, California. And we are at show that shall also Harry Potter improv.com. We will have our dates up on that as well. Okay, cool. Uh, thanks again for being here. This is shake them ropes. You can follow the show at shake them ropes. You can follow me. If you're not sick of me yet at crap game 13, uh, Steve, one last question before we head out here, Steve, have you ever seen a ghost? Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.